This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Uh, and uh, we are welcoming in right now uh, a old Mike and the Mad Dog favorite. Uh, and now you see him on Thursday night football on Prime Video. They have a game tomorrow night, and that is Ryan Fitzpatrick. Fitz, welcome. How are you? I am doing great. How are you doing? I haven't Good. talked to you for a little bit. Nice to see you. Uh, nice to listen to you. And uh, as always, you were a favorite of ours when you were in New York on one of your classic stops. And uh, now, how has the transition been to television? Has it been a comfortable one? Yeah, you know what it has. I, I wasn't sure going into it. You know, the appeal of Thursday night for me, uh, Amazon, ground floor, doing something new that they hadn't done before. And then also to have the weekend weekends with my kids, uh, I jumped at the opportunity, not fully knowing, you know, how much I was going to like it or not like it. And it has been awesome. I really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed going to these different cities, you know, still being involved in football, being able to talk to coaches and players and equipment guys and, um, you know, just not full stop out of football since I retired. So I, I really like that aspect of it. And you can catch Ryan Fitzpatrick and the entire Thursday night football crew on Prime Video tomorrow, October 13th, as the Bears host the Washington Commanders. Coverage begins 7 o'clock Eastern time with TNF tonight. Let me start with that game because both quarterbacks, one struggling. They're both struggling. Different One's young and trying to find himself. Wentz has had a tough start there. He's done some good things. He's had some uh, mistakes. And his coach kind of took him to the woodshed and then backed off and apologized. He said, no big deal. How about the two struggling quarterbacks you'll see tomorrow? Yeah, I think you hit it on the head with Wentz. He's just been up and down. And that's kind of been the story of his career. And, you know, one that I can relate to, just being very inconsistent, having great highs and having, you know, big time lows. And for him in a new system, just about settling in, he, you know, when you go to a place that's new, sometimes you just feel stuck because you don't have dudes, you don't have guys to throw to, guys to hand the ball off to. And on that offense in Washington, they've they've got a lot of talent. They really do. Even a guy that comes out of nowhere, Deami Brown, that you see last week. Yep. Uh, not too many guys can catch 75-yard touchdowns and not have a lot of talent in the NFL. So they've got talent. He's got weapons to work with. Part of it's going to be settling in, and, and part of it for him too, though, is just going to be able – can he be more consistent as the year goes on? And, you know, last night I looked at so much Justin Fields film because I've been curious. I mean, he's not really throwing the ball very much. They've got a good running attack, uh, but he's, he's an elite runner. I, I think he might be uh, up there, you know, just behind Lamar Jackson in 
terms of taking off and running with the football. I didn't know he was as good as he is. He throws a good deep ball, but there's some other stuff that just, you know, progressions and whatever else. Most of his runs on the year are not design runs. They're scrambles. And so the plays are being called for him to throw the ball, and he's just not really letting go of it. So it, it'll be interesting to see how he progresses, you know, why he can't be Jalen Hurts and what Jalen Hurts is doing this year. I don't know. I mean, I think he has a skill set to do it. Uh, so we'll see as they uh, go with him and as his career progresses. Yeah, and you've seen Hurts light it up with the Eagles. Uh, we're talking with Ryan Fitzpatrick, Fitzmagic, as he was known, who was the super sub and the guy who replaced so many guys. You know, Cooper Rush has written an amazing story here, one you know very well. A guy comes in for an injured player, lights it up. You did it, did it a million times in a million places, but you're keeping the seat warm for an incumbent, but you're winning games. What does the coach do? Does he wait for the winning streak to dissipate? Or do you put your guy back in who didn't lose his job because of an injury and is a star player? How did the Cowboys handle that as they go into Philly uh, Sunday night? Uh, I think they make sure that Dak is completely healthy, not something you want to rush back from and re-injure. Uh, Cooper Rush has done a great job. You know, that being said, it's not like he's lighting the world on fire. He's still averaging like 170 yards a game or something. But I think the important thing that they've found is they've now found a way to win without a franchise quarterback. So maybe that helps them even more when Dak comes back. And the response for them has been defense. And I think it's been 17, 16, 10, and 10 points that they've given up. And if you can hold teams to 17 or under in the NFL, you're going to win a lot of football games. So I think it's been great to see for them because they look lost versus Tampa in week one. And I think they've found themselves a little bit on offense. They don't have to rely on Dak all the time. And so by him being out for that month and maybe a few more weeks, I think it's going to really help them down the line because they don't have to rely so much on him to create. And it's good for him, too, to be able to sit on the sideline, take a seat, and just watch for a little bit to see how things work. And the other thing that happened with them, what doesn't happen often, is they had to rebuild that offensive line, and these guys got better fast. You see, we've seen a lot of teams, Giants, Jets, a million teams, who have taken years to try to figure it out on the offensive line. It seemed like the Cowboys, all right, they had a rough week one, and then all of a sudden that offensive line started to click. Yeah, they're playing better. And I'll tell you, when you don't have a good offensive line, it's hard to generate or do anything on offense. And, you know, we watched last week, our Thursday night game was uh, the beauty that was Denver and Indy. And I mean, I just, I felt bad for Matt Ryan the whole game, just in, in terms of the pressure that was getting on top of him right away. And there's an offensive line that they invested in that they thought they were going to be solid with that just hasn't played very well this year. So uh, offensive line is so key in developing these quarterbacks and keeping them clean. And, uh, you know, they've done a great job, um, you know, because that was a strength for a while and then it fell off for Dallas, but they're, they're starting to get back to where they want to be. The two best teams in the league meet in Kansas city this week, both a four and one, they renew a rivalry. That is right now the rivalry because they're the two best teams. I think that's pretty clear. Um, both quarterbacks are off to great starts. Allen's thrown 14 touchdowns. Uh, Mahomes got 15 touchdowns. They're lighting it up. Um, they're a little different now, obviously, without Hill. But 
Uh, they're still scoring points. How about the Bills and the Chiefs? Are you on the Bills side or are you on the Chiefs side? Well, you know, with with my with my history and my loyalty uh, to Bills Mafia, I'm definitely on the Bills side. I, I love both these quarterbacks. Uh, Josh is probably my favorite to watch of anybody in the league. Um, and Patrick is obviously incredible. Even as they replace talent, the things that he continues to do are so much fun to watch. So uh, I think everybody's just thinking about that playoff game last year and those 13 seconds at the end of the game where it yep. just seemed like Buffalo won. It seemed like Josh Allen at that point was having a perfect uh, playoff season. And uh, somehow they find themselves sitting at home watching the next week. So this one's going to be huge. This is one of those, I think, all football fans circled on their calendar right away and can't wait to see what happens at Arrowhead. Let me touch on two things going on with quarterbacks right now. And we're talking with Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's on Prime Video with the uh, new Amazon Thursday Night Package. Uh, the former quarterback who was the classic super sub, who went to so many different places and really lit it up almost everywhere he went. Um, but two things. One, a guy you, you know very well. The protocol with concussions dealing with quarterbacks and with what went on with Tua, is there anything that you think has to happen for that to get better? Well, I think they tried to address it in that, you know, the, everybody, there was the, is it a back injury? Is it a head injury? Um, I think everybody saw when he whipped his head against Buffalo and hit the ground and kind of got up and stumbled. Those are the type of signs that spotters are looking for and that trainers and teammates are looking for that fit in that no-go category. Or if you get somebody that comes up and stumbles and, and ironically for us in our Thursday night game, the next week, Naeem Hines right away had a very similar thing happen where he hits his head, he gets up, he stumbles. That's a no-go sign and you're out of the game. So I, I think there's, there's obviously going to be more attention, more scrutiny on that. And it's an important factor. Uh, that being said, there are protocols in place and they've looked at these and they try to keep players as safe as possible. So as, as soon as players pass out of these protocols, really it's the doctor and the team trainers, you know, it's, it's their uh, job to basically tell the risk to the patient, tell the risk to the player. And then the player, you know, we make those decisions based on what we're hearing. But once we pass protocol, um, it's up to the player to make the decision. So I think we're in a good place. I think the game has gotten a lot safer. I think the protocols are in a good place. I just think we need to continue to be vigilant when we see some of those no-go signs with guys stumbling, guys getting in that fencing posture where they're automatically out of the game, no questions asked. The second is one that's become very controversial the last couple of years, and it's come to, to the forefront the last week. The rough in the pass the penalty and how far you want the referee to go here. We know the Brady one and everyone thinks Tom gets every call anyway, and that was an outrageous call. And then the Monday night one, which was just as bad. Um, do you want to see them as an old quarterback err on the side of the quarterback safety and the heck with the penalty? Or does there have to be better judgment on these and more you know, more realistic judgment on these penalties. Yeah, I think, I think it's twofold. I think, first of all, I think we all want to see the star quarterbacks playing. I think that is very important for the success of the league. I think it's very important 
for these games and just the quality of these games, that's what people want to tune in to watch. So I get what they're trying to do. That being said, look, if, if it's the last third down of the game and Atlanta's got a chance to get the ball back and Grady Jarrett sacks Tom Brady and it's not egregious in any way, there's no way that should be, be being called. And I know that we're going to – you know, refs don't take into consideration the time of game. They need to take into consideration the time of game for that one. I agree. And the same thing, the same thing with the turnover. You know, maybe it wasn't the exact situation where it was the end of the game, Atlanta's getting the ball back, but the Chiefs force a turnover. And it's nothing that is out of the ordinary. It's nothing that is complete unnecessary roughness. So if there's a turnover on the play and we see something like that, there's no reason they should be penalized. Uh, and get a roughing the passer call there. And I, I just think that's got to be taken into consideration. Even if we're not going to announce it and say that, the referees should have that in the back of their mind when they're making these calls. Yeah, because, I mean, I, I know as a quarterback, it's tough. I mean, people don't understand how fierce those hits are and how hard those hits are and, and how hard it is to – you know, keep your composure, keep the ball, and everything else that goes on there. No one's saying it's easy, and it sure isn't. But the point is, it has gotten to the point of just ridiculousness. I mean, it really has, where everything is a penalty now. I mean, you know, uh, Chris Jones tried to hold this. He tried to brace himself as he hit the ground, and it still wasn't enough. I mean, that was crazy. Yeah, and then you you just look at the build of some of these quarterbacks. Uh, you know, Tom Brady's probably going to fly around a little bit more than when you're hitting, you know, Josh Allen or Justin Herbert or Jalen Hurts. Uh, So then that adds to it, too. It's like if you're not a big physical quarterback, then all of a sudden things start to look a little more egregious and penalty flags are going to start to fly a little bit more. So I I just think, you know, for me, the solution would be, look, let's let's take into consideration what time of the game we're at and, you know, how brutal the hit really is, because that part of it's going to ruin the game a little bit for fans. We're talking with Ryan Fitzpatrick. And again, you can see him on uh, Thursday night football tomorrow night, prime video uh, tomorrow night. It's the bears and the Washington commanders. I still try to get used to commanders that and the Indians with the guardians. It's still hard to get used to, but coverage begins seven o'clock Eastern time, Thursday night football on Amazon prime so uh the thursday night package he's there with tony gonzalez and richard sherman who was jumping around like a crazy man last week at the end of the game but hey i like that i like i like when you guys emote i like when you guys actually get worked up about something that's what that's what people want to see they they know you know the game they know you understand the inner workings of it and they want to see you guys react to that i think that's the that's that's when it's fun yeah, and I, you know, I think that's the great part about our team, especially with uh, me, Richard, and Andrew Whitworth, who, who's also on the desk the majority of the time. We're fresh off the field. And so we do still have very strong feelings about certain things and are very passionate about certain things. And so I think um, since the season started, that stuff has played on TV. You could see and feel the passion. There's not a, a lot of, you know, fake fakeness or hot takes or anything like that we're reacting in real time to kind of what's happening and i think it's been a lot of fun and we'll just continue to get better with that hopefully as the season goes on you played on nine teams you had you know a lot of success in your role i mean you had you know listen you threw for a ton of yardage you threw for 
a ton of touchdown passes. I mean, you had a, a, an amazing career being the super sub in a million places and keeping the job at different times in those years. Is there one team that's got your heart that is you're that you're that team? If I ask you, are you a blank? What team is it? You know, this came up when I was retiring. Uh, you know, a lot of people thought I should have retired as a bill. And I, I even talked back and forth a little bit with, with some people close to me and some people in the organization. And it just, it didn't make sense for me because my career and my heart was as a nomad. I mean, that's, that's my story. My story isn't being in one spot. It's, you know, spending some time and having a great start of the season in 2011 with the bills. It's the season we had in 15 with the jets. It's the beginning of the season in Tampa. It's kind of the run we had at the end of the year in Miami when we were, you know, dubbed the worst team ever. So I have all these memories in all these different cities that just didn't feel right to me to pin it on one team. And then, then, you know, the other thing is when I look at my kids, I have seven kids that were born in seven different states. So that's part of their story. That's too. wild. We've lived everywhere. We've moved around. Seven different so, states. So you, there isn't one. So it isn't one. You're the you're the nomadic quarterback. There's not one team that holds your heart. I got. I kind of get yeah. the feeling a little bit. It's Buffalo. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you're going to pin me down and say what, who is it? You know, I love. You know, last year my decision with my two oldest boys, we wanted to go see a playoff game. We went to Buffalo and we watched Buffalo versus new England, you know, ended up getting caught up in the hoopla and taking our shirts off and going crazy because those are our people. So, you know, if you pin me down, it's Buffalo, but in terms of, you know, retiring a certain team or going out and wearing a certain Jersey, I I don't like to look at my career as that. Why were you so successful in your role? Because let's be honest, you had three, you had three consecutive 400 yard passing games. You had, you lit it up. In a lot of places, you came into games where a quarterback was struggling and just tore it apart. I mean, I can give people chapter and verse, the Saturday night Miami game against the Raiders go down the line. Why were you so good at going in and jump starting an offense? I think part of it, I had to embrace that role because my my role was always temporary. Uh, it was always coming in, but I knew there was going to be a shelf life on it. You know, even that Tampa stuff, you know, Jameis was Jameis was out uh, suspended for the first three games of the year. So what I did, I played without fear. And I I think when you watch guys now, I played without thinking about my stats. I played without being afraid to make a mistake or, you know, to make a throw that maybe, uh, you know, was ill advised to throw some sort of cool no look pass in the middle of the field. I just I went out there and I had fun. I played without fear. And I think, you know, there were ups and downs, but that's what led to a lot of those incredible rallies and big games was trying to instill confidence in my guys by the way that I played and by the way that I gave them chances down the field. Yeah, it was a it was a lot of fun to watch. And, you know, you really were. You were like the I don't know if people will remember this name. You were like the Daryl LaMonica, the the mad bomber of your era. You know, like you used to go in those games and you would chuck it around. I mean, you would chuck it down the field. You would chuck it all over the place. Yeah, I mean, I would I would love uh, I would love to see that a little bit more from some of these young guys. You know, it's just some of the guys that come in. It's so much about 
being afraid to throw an interception and so much about making sure my stats look okay so I can keep a job. Do you but, think it's harder to break uh, in now as a quarterback right now with how intensive the game oh, is yeah. quarterback intensive than it used to be, well, or is it about the same? Well, I think it's really hard to break in now if you're not a first-round pick, you know, because I think the opportunities have squeezed a little bit. Um, you know, and that all started back when Peyton Manning, they were just going to two quarterbacks instead of three. Um, it, it becomes very difficult if you're not a first round pick to be a starter in the NFL. And if you look around the league, I'm sure the statistics support that, but the way that you get in now is you, you know, Cooper rush is a great example of a guy that kind of waited his turn. He's been on the team for a little bit and he comes in and performs four straight weeks. You know, when Dak goes down, maybe, maybe there's a chance he gets a little bit of a shot somewhere, but uh, if you're not, a first round pick, a top 10 pick, then it becomes very difficult to break in in this league anymore. That's a good point. And, you know, economics plays a very big part in it too. No question. So uh, that, that is a big part about it. But do you think it's, you know, you're a Harvard guy. Uh, do you think it's harder for these guys as youngsters? Like you'll see fields tomorrow. Is it tougher for these guys now from a mental standpoint to learn these offenses and break in, or are they just trying to be too careful? Uh, I don't know that it's tougher to learn. I think we're seeing young guys come in early and have more success than ever. I mean, if I, you know, Josh Allen struggled when he came in, but if we're looking at the Patrick Mahomes and the Justin Herberts of the world, it almost doesn't make sense how successful they've been. Joe Burrow, you know, coming in and being so good. So I think a lot of things, a lot of times with a young quarterback, the situation that you're in really helps or hurts you. And, you know, if we look at uh, San Fran being one of them, you know, I don't know how Trey Lance would have done this year. I think it would have been a struggle. I think there would have been a lot of growing pains. But you talk about a situation with a great defense and good skill players and the best run after catch in the league the last five years. That was a great place for a young guy to go and play. They could cover up some of his deficiencies. So a lot of it is is dependent on situation. But, uh, yeah, I mean, these, these guys that are high draft picks that are going to bad teams, it makes it pretty difficult. Who's the best team in the league right now five weeks in? Uh, I, I've got Buffalo. I've got Buffalo one, Kansas City two. And, you believe uh, in the Eagles? Philly three. You believe in the Eagles? Yeah, I, I do. I, I like the Eagles. I, I actually, you know, so right now I say they're three because they're five and zero. Oh. I, I still think San Fran is the best team in the NFC, and people are killing me for that. But no, you know their defense uh, is really good. I agree with you. I tell you, Dallas's defense is pretty good too. Dallas's defense has really stepped up and played great. So you know, this week is going to be awesome to see Philly versus. Let's see how real Dallas's defense is, and also let's see how real Philly's offense is because they've they've had a lot of leads and a lot of games. Uh, so if they get behind in that one, I, I'll be real interested to tune in. Listen, thanks for a couple of minutes. Enjoy it. We'll be watching you on Thursday. Continue the success. Uh, do you have a different shirt for each Thursday to get through the season, or do you got to have people send you some? Boy, I, I've got people. I've got people sending me suggestions all the time, walking by stores. <laughs> See, that's it. It's already become your and... brand. That's become your deal already. <laughs> already, already, everyone's looking for the Thursday night shirt. Yeah, we're uh, we'll figure it out. I don't know what I'm wearing tomorrow yet, but we'll figure it out. Listen, thanks very much. Good to talk to you, Fitz. Thank you. All right, thank you. We'll see. All you. right, Ryan Fitzpatrick. You can watch him on Thursday nights on uh, the. 
Prime Video, Amazon, Thursday night game tomorrow night. Now in New York, you got the Yankees, or maybe the Yankees, because we're supposed to get bad weather tomorrow. But if not, it's uh, Washington and Chicago. Not thrilling, but still, it's NFL on a Thursday night, and you can watch uh, Fitz and all his friends on Amazon on Thursday evenings. We're, of course, uh, on the Bet Rivers Network, and here we are. And remember, for all of your all of your uh, wagering needs, it's Bet Rivers in New York and New Jersey. It's Play Sugar House in Connecticut. And we will, of course, see you with some more baseball stuff after the next Yankee ball game. And, of course, with our Football Friday podcast, which will be here before you know it as we get ready for week six in the National Football League and a great doubleheader. You got plenty of baseball on Sunday, too. But how about this? Buffalo and Kansas City at 425. The Cowboys and the Eagles in prime time. That is a great, great double dip coming up this weekend in the National Football League. We'll see you down the road. Thanks for listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hey, it's Mike Miss here. What a time to be a Philly sports fan, and you can share the excitement with me each week on the Mike Missinelli podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Listen and subscribe to the Mike Missinelli podcast today wherever you get your podcasts.